We're getting into the long holiday weekend edition of the Lori and Julia Show on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment is going to be hot all through the holiday weekend. We love that. And uh, Holly Roberts is in for Julia today. That's right. Julia. I'm ready for swag. Yeah, listen, and Julia oh. has toddled off to Washington, D.C. on a girl's really uh, weekend. Well, that's oh. fabulous. Well, it is fabulous, except that she has the bad weather genie with her at all Times. Oh no, is it going to be 65 and rainy in Washington? <laughs> it's like a 65% chance of raining. And I told her, listen, a, a strong wind could come in and just blow all that out. So just take a good raincoat and take an umbrella. And sometimes that, I think, is a little spell against... I always do that if ever I'm worried about rain. I bring you, a raincoat and an umbrella. So that you won't have to use I it. I won't have to and use it. And then it will just stay yeah. in so, the suitcase. Well, whatever she's doing, it will be fun. Yeah. And if she's at museums or I don't know what they're doing, if they're yeah, she doing was, the traditional... I think they were going to see in Georgetown and she's... Nice. We used to travel there for uh, at, when we worked at Carlson Companies, but when Julie and I would travel together for work, we... Our mission was to have fun and go out once we were done with our meetings. And yes. it was, we never made time for the Smithsonian or anything like that. You weren't that. taking in the culture, no. but you were going and visiting other sites of the city. Fancy hotel You bars. were going to the Four Seasons in Georgetown to try to <laughs> no, pick up men. Let's be honest. Right. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, and then uh, I told you this and I tell any, you know, other people who are traveling, there's this great... Uh, travel website called Viator, V-I-A-T-O-R. And they, um, so I kind of think of them as sort of like a kayak situation. I've used them in Paris. I've used them in other cities to take kind of interesting um, biking or walking. Uh, Like I did a murder at night Paris tour. I've done a military walk. Oh, those are great. They offer transfers, but they had a Washington uh, Monument uh, like three hour bike trip with a guide and just like at the most 10 people. Well, that's and they a perfect contract place to with, do that. They contract them with like the best uh, local tour operator. Oh, that's there. great. Yeah. And what a fun city to do that in. It's all there on the mall. Yeah, and you can take it the bike. is. And then, oh. of course, all, all the flags will be out uh, for Memorial Day. And I want to thank um, uh, Jim Wilson. I think his name is on Facebook. He shared uh, from the American Legion. Wyzetta Post 181. Mm-hmm. People often confuse what Memorial Day and Veterans Day is. So, a Memorial Day is a federal holiday in which we honor those who have died while serving in our country's armed forces. Mm-hmm. Veterans Day is when we honor all everyone, the veterans who have served our country in and any are, capacity. And are currently in service. So yes. Memorial Day is really remembering the people who have died. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, I mean, Donnie, when did the Iraq war start? What year? Because, it's. I mean, it's still going on. The first, oh, uh, I want to say 90? No, no, the no. The Persian Gulf War? Oh, no, the, the, 2003. 2003. Oh, oh I was the going Iraq back here. Yeah. Okay, 2003. And here it is, yeah. 2018 years, right. 15 years later, and yeah. we're still... Added. And actually, stuff in Afghanistan, I believe, started in 2001. One. Yeah, right after 9-11. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, just a, a dear friend of mine, his uh, his nephew uh, died the year that we were went into Iraq. And remember the fierce door-to-door fighting in Fallujah? Yes. Yes. So he died 
a last man basically standing in his battalion, Moise Langhorst. And I always just think about that family and yeah. every other family. I mean, it's such a huge sacrifice. And I, it sometimes feels like people don't even realize that we it's so little of our population serves in the military. You're right. Like 3%. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just, you know, remember, and if you put out a flag, make sure it's crisp and if you have anything, you know, that's raggedy or something, you want to replace that. And, yeah, and then, and then put it out and put it out in the morning. And, then and this take is it the weekend. I know yeah. when a lot of people go out to the, you know, I mean, Fort Snelling and all the cemeteries yes. and do the baskets and all of that. And um, I like, uh, uh, Donnie found this, I, I guess you must watch Jimmy Fallon last night because uh, he teamed up with Darius Rucker because Hootie's got a new album out. He does. Can't help but call him Hootie. Yeah, he's fine with that. And sure. uh, we're singing the Darius Rucker version of Wagon Wheel today. But anyway, they did a special Armed Force theme remake of Only Want to Be With You, which that hit came out in 1995. And it's Only Want to Thank the Troops. So let's, let's listen to it, Donnie. Army Coast Guard, Air Force, and Marines. Here's to the Navy for protecting all I see. You serve with bravery, you serve with style You serve with six-pack abs, I can barely run a mile But we owe it all to you I only want to thank the truth We're here to honor you and to perform Cause you look so damn good in those kick-ass uniforms Brave men and women is all I say. So let's pass a law that says our troops can drink for free. Well, we owe it all to you. And of course, the audience was all armed forces. Members. Yeah, he yeah. does it every year. That was very sweet. Isn't it cool? So like you that. can look at the video. They're playing acoustic guitars, and uh, damn it, if you don't, you just gotta love Darius Rucker's voice. Yes, oh, yeah. I mean, yes, he, and he's a fantastic country music star, and it's now. yeah, yeah, wagon wheel, wagon wheel. I, he was on the yeah. Today Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kicked off, you know, this is the big the summer, know, the, the summer, summer series yes. out on the mall. So it was Darius Rucker, and then over at GMA they had uh, Sting and Shaggy. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. All right, and we should remember that uh, Wagon Wheel was written by Bob Dylan. I always forget that, yeah, Donnie. Yeah. Mike, he's written some amazing <laughs> songs at Bob Dylan. He earned that Nobel Prize. Yeah, of he sure did. All right, listen, when we come back, it's our story we can't get. That young Michael Jackson voice. I love that song. Oh, this is my favorite Jackson 5 song. Isn't it great? So on Wednesday, and Julia and I talked about this, the Michael Jackson estate issued a statement condemning ABC was going to air air on that uh, Thursday night last night. The last days of Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And they thought it was crass and no respect for the legacy, intellectual property, well, rights for his children. Right. And I'm like, thank you, family, or thank you for the Michael Jackson estate, because I didn't even realize this was really on the air. And I was like, with all that said, I'm totally watching this show. Well, yeah, and and the estate was mad because this is basically unauthorized. But But, isn't all these kind? I mean, you know, it's all, it was all ABC footage. Well, some of them, they do say, in cooperation with the family. Well, like for showing Mm -hmm. Neverland, they made sure to have a big stamp from Sotheby's. 
Yes. Okay. Okay. So they and, so they gave credit to where the footage came from. Yes, and then there was ABC footage of Michael Jackson in an early early interview. They didn't even show the person he was talking to. I think we let's play some of this audio. This is the Diane Sawyer. Okay, this Diane. So they yes. had they had archival footage of Diane Sawyer interviewing Michael Jackson, Barbara Walters, right after I think off the wall. Oh, and so the late 70s, really early. Really early in his career. That was a big part of last night that they showed snippets because he was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even show the person interviewing. But it was obviously ABC's footage. Mm-hmm. And then they showed Robin Roberts some clips of her, the way they piece in the story when she talked to Janet Jackson after Michael died. I, I thought it was really good. I mean, I, I was... Um, and obviously, totally within the realm of ABC News to put this kind of programming together because yeah. it's a news story and they use their own archival footage to tell the story. Yeah, the only thing they didn't do is at the end of the special, they did not say that Conrad Murray, you know, was, was convicted of involuntary manslaughter. You, you don't find that out. That was the only thing that that's I just weird. thought that was a weird, yeah, a weird missing, omission. That's weird what, omission not yeah, to have. Because that's a part of the death. story. Yeah. Exactly. And, but he's part of the story. Yeah. There is, I mean, there's this one guy, because they have different people weighing in. Chris Conley, who's an entertainment reporter yes. for ABC, uh, that guy Toure. Yes. Um, he weighed in. This other um, reporter from ABC, oh, he's so good looking. Um, black with a beard. I don't know his name, but so they had these people who obviously have either reported on it or or have an interest. But the one guy, it might have been Tori, said, "Well, think about it. Of all the rock stars that have died of drug overdoses, and there have been a lot, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. accidental or otherwise, whatever." He said, right. "This is the first time we've had someone die with a doctor in the house." True. That <laughs> that is a true observation, and when you put it in that way, it's quite stunning. Yeah, to think about it in that way. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, and I just I really liked it. It topped the ratings last night. Um, like six million people tuned in. But let's hear a little bit. This is, I think, uh, Michael Jackson talking about how he was always seeking perfection. 16 million people tuned into Jackson's interview with our Diane Sawyer in 1995. But in exclusive moments, the superstar revealing he still hadn't met his own impossibly high standard. I'm just never satisfied with with what I do creatively, you know. I, I just regret the limitation of my own imagination. I just feel there's so much more. I don't think I've ever done a project where I was totally happy with it. The King of Pop even admitting he wasn't thrilled with this iconic 1983 performance at Motown's 25th anniversary special, the first time the world saw the master moonwalk. Is that as good as it gets as a performer? Gee, if I say uh, no, I'll sound arrogant. I don't think I'm ever pleased with my performances. Never. And after that performance, I wasn't happy either. I wanted to do the five spins, then go on the toes and freeze there and just hold it and stay there, you know, and I didn't. But I was angry about that, actually, real disappointed. And I, I didn't realize I really did well until the next day when Fred Astaire called my house in Encino raving. He said, I can't believe it. You're an incredible mover. And I was, oh, my God, I think maybe I did well. Jackson's perfectionism still haunting him in the months before his death as he tried to make a comeback with the This Is It concert series. This is it. This is it. 
In typical Michael fashion, he sets up this massively high bar for himself. He's going to do 50 shows. But Jackson passing away in an accidental overdose before taking the stage again in what were some of his most anticipated performances, telling Diane in 1995 how painstakingly he planned every production to perfection. It has to be executed properly, you know, because once it's done, it's immortal. It's, uh... <laughs> You can't go back. It's a moment that's remembered forever. So, well, and well. you know, it was kind of, and I, that was really cute when he did share with Diane Sawyer in that 95 interview about Fred Astaire calling him and dancing. And in this thing last night, you know, they gave, I didn't know this. I mean, that Michael Jackson, he had seen that moonwalk sliding backwards while looking, you're going forward. He saw it, there was this, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was a group and a guy that was on Soul Train. And so he just, he saw he somebody saw he do ca- that. But he called that group, his manager or whatever, mm-hmm. called them mm-hmm. and he said, hey, can you teach me? And they had a little, you know, two minute thing with the guy who's like, yeah, I'll show you how to do this. And he was so excited to show him how to do it because he's like, you know, dance moves are not proprietary. But Michael mm-hmm. Jackson was a big like any kid well, of the 70s and 80s, we lived for American Bandstand yeah. and Soul Train well, and Midnight Express. Midnight Special. Midnight Special. <laughs> not Midnight yeah. yeah. Express. But I mean, the, oh. just because that was, you know, well, you just had three TV stations. Right. And, and, and Michael Jackson, just like yeah. anybody, was inspired by those who came before well, him. Yeah. The, James the, Brown. James Huge Brown. And that was whole, in the special. Yeah. Okay. Yes. They had the early years and how, you know, even though we know the story about how Joe Jackson didn't allow his kids to call him dad. He had to call him Joe. He was the hardest on Michael Jackson. Probably a big part of the reason why Michael Jackson had body dysmorphia. Um, you know, by telling him, you know, you're ugly. Your nose is yeah. too wide. And just and beating him. And in this early interview when Michael Jackson was 21, the ABC footage that they didn't show was interviewing him. Mm-hmm. He admitted that his dad had beat him, and he said, ooh, he's going to kill me for even saying that. And she said, well, we've talked to your father, and he admits it. And he's like, well, I'm glad he did it, because now I can say it. And you could still... Mm. I I guess I, I... I don't. I, I didn't mind the armchair psychoanalysis from the people who were commentating. Oh, from the it. from the Therese and the yeah, and Chris Connell, Connell. And, and even from Kenny Ortega, who was this choreographer for many years and was going to do the This Is That. But tour. we always see commentary like this on these kinds of specials yeah, from people who want. knew him or cultural critics and, who have opinions and uh, that he. It was easier. They did spend a lot of time in his music and also on just reminding everyone that this was a boy who's been famous since he was five yeah, and became the breakout star of the family. And I mean, toured with Etta James and his dad made them watch, you know, Frank, uh, I mean, um, James Brown and, you know, and they were toured with James sure, Brown. Sure, students of the art. And they would get two hotel rooms, and Michael Jackson would have to listen to his brothers Ugh. get it on with the groupies oh, that always oh came dear. back to the room. <laughs> oh my gosh! And <laughs> um, anyway, and that Michael Jackson was very savvy about how he released his singles, and he knew to get play more play on white radio on Thriller. He the first song he released was the Paul McCartney "The Girl Is Mine," oh, yes. and then he went to rock stations because he wanted Eddie Van Halen to play that fierce guitar unbeat it right. and then he knew he'd get on the rock station right. yeah. and then to get Billy Jean on MTV which was the first 
you know, black video. Right. CBS Walt, President Walter Yetnikoff to hold all of his white artists, Billy Joel, Springsteen, unless they played Billy Jean. Wow. Cool. So wow. I, I don't know. I thought it was, you know, if you're a fan of the music and stuff. It, it, it was good. It was good. I, yeah. I was fascinated. Sounds so fascinating. I think it's on demand. It's called The Last Days of Michael Jackson. So sorry, family estate or the Michael Jackson it was estate. Good. It was good. <laughs> all right. Listen, we come back. Uh, She's up on all the trends. This is the My Talk Now Trending Report. There are things you need to know. Trending online this afternoon, Luke Bryan, the country singer, has announced his 10th annual farm tour. This tour, however, doesn't stop in Minnesota, but Bryan will be at Target Field on July 21st. Spotify trending, the streaming service has now eased its hateful conduct policy. It instated earlier this month. Spotify's move of that policy was applauded in some circles. However, it also fueled censorship concerns. Also trending, Boba Fett, a standalone movie based on the Star Wars bounty hunter, is in the works. James James Mangold is set to direct. He has directed the standalone Wolverine movies, among others. And also Nicki Minaj trending. Is she really dating Eminem? Well, she replied yes to a comment on Instagram. And also in other Nicki Minaj news, her album Queen has been pushed from a June to a August release. That's what's trending here at my talk. Your forecast is brought to you by Grand Casino. Uh, could see some scattered showers and thunderstorms uh, before 8 o'clock tonight. Other than that, it will start to clear up. 66 the low tonight, and it's going to be sunny and hot. 93 tomorrow. Same thing on Sunday, 94. And Memorial Day, 92. Right now, it's lovely. Sunny and 86 at my talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. Sometimes I feel like giving up. No medicine is strong Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday of Memorial Weekend. Um, So the one show that Donnie and Julie and I watch in real time every week is Killing Eve. Sunday at 7. Yeah, I feel like the <laughs> last BBC summer, America, right? Yeah, yes. I feel like last summer we did it with Game of Thrones. You know, the, there's not very many shows that not the three many. of us yeah. will watch all at this. You know, we got to see in it. real time, real and time. in real time That's because right. that takes a lot these days to watch any show. Yeah, I did in it real with time. Killing Eve and the Terror. I did it with the Terror also. Yeah, Monday nights. Yeah, yeah that, on Monday yeah. nights. So, um, so Killing Eve it ends its first season this Sunday at eight o'clock, and um, I think it's. Seven hour time. Oh, is it seven hour yeah. time? And in last week, the penultimate episode. I just love when I get to use that word. <laughs> you love I that only word. learned it the second, the second to last episode. <laughs> I only learned season. it with Sons, Sons of Anarchy <laughs> when you didn't know what it when meant. The penultimate oh. episode with Jenna was unbelievable. You thought, you, you thought and it, you thought that was it. She thought that meant it was a really good episode. Yeah, oh. that's what I thought. It was like fantastic. <laughs> it's, a, it's the penultimate. You yeah, guys, it's like so I thought cool. it was the ultimate of ultimate. Oh. I had no idea. It meant second to last. But so the, show, I, the episode that was on this last Sunday was fantastic. It oh. was what you're telling me. It was. Amazing. So good. And this Killing Eve is based on a series of stories by Luke Jennings. Um, and it basically follows the under this underachieving British intelligent agent played by uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy, Sandra Oh. Her mm-hmm. name is Eve Palestra as she tracks a glamorous young female assassin known as uh, Villanelle. Villanelle, right. Villanelle yes, across that's... Europe. And the thing that is so 
I think what's so intoxicating about this is that we hardly ever, if ever, see a spy thriller where the cat and the mouse are both women. Yeah. That is one of the reasons I haven't watched this show, but it is on my list. But that is such a wonderful idea. And then to have it be so well executed. It's brilliantly executed. Yeah, the... um, the person who, and I think um, Neil Justin reminded us last week, but the English writer and actress Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who created and starred in Fleabag, mm-hmm. yes, is the series' lead writer and showrunner. So she's like this comic genius, and then she's executive producing, show writing, and scripting this incredible show. So... Um, Anyway, it's just, it's it's really, the ratings are modest because it's a niche cable. Well, BBC America. Um, and, um, but it is, it's grown more than 47% since the premiere because it gets so much social media action. And Ridley Scott just gave an interview and he just, you know, brought to TV the terror. He's brought, he's given us a lot of good mm-hmm. TV as well as movies. He said, you know, Killing Eve and all these other kind of good shows. That's why the movies need to step it up mm. and not just think superhero because the right. appetite for. Well, he's absolutely right. Yeah. Because when we're having conversations about things that we love to watch, most of the time it's about TV shows. Yeah. We're really excited about the storytelling that's happening yes. on TV. I love going to the movies, but I haven't felt as passionate about a film that I've seen in the past two years in the way that I'm passionate about TV shows. I yeah. completely agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. And it, 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 that is very true. And I think, uh, you know, and Ridley Scott, he knows what he's speaking because yeah. he's brought TV and movie. You know, he's done both. And he's done fantastic work. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a legend. Yeah, he really is. When you think about some of the TV shows, I mean, The Man in the High Castle. Oh, the when Ter- is season that, three? When is that coming back? I don't oh know when it's coming. Another great show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another great show. So anyway, um, I I, I, uh, I don't know where I was going to go with that. My next thought. Oh, The Americans. Because <laughs> oh, I think that is gosh. a show that has, on FX, that has not get gotten the... It's always done. I mean, the fans of the American are yes. so passionate. Yes, but that this season, which is the last season, is doing what Sons of Anarchy did on FX, mm-hmm. which is that every episode is better than the week before, mm. and the tension is so taut. Oh. And in that show, the really bad guy of the bad guys is the badass Carrie Russell, the woman. The woman. She's the one with blinders on, blindly devoted, marching, getting it done. Mm -hmm. Well, marching to the communists of the, you know, the Americans are terrible. Because I'm assuming that, because I haven't watched the Americans, but they're wrapping up the series. So I imagine that the Cold War is also... Well, Gorbachev, the, the, basically, Putin and the, the, the thugs in the KGB are trying to figure out how to take down Gorbachev because right. they don't, they want, want, uh, they don't mm-hmm. want peace with America. Right. And so she's the one who has to execute how are we going to... But I never really got the meaning of the name of the show until it, kept, it keeps coming up with the Carrie Russell character about how much she can't stand the Americans. That's right. Mm-hmm. It, that So that show is just <laughs> yeah. kicking it. And oh, again, yeah. an FX show, yeah. which was Sons of Anarchy and 
you know, anyway, that that's is I, that is that, are we in our sixth season on that one or the seven? Americans? Yeah. Oh, boy, I've lost. Yeah, count. and I, I want to say that old count. episodes of the American old season previous ones are on Netflix. Netflix, I think so you can catch are. up. Yeah, yeah. It start at the beginning. Yeah, so it's pretty if, incredible. It, it really, it really is, and it mirrors so much of what's happening now. When people are like, "Oh, what's this big deal about Russia interfering in our election?" If you go back, the 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 Russians, as far as the government, not the actual people mm-hmm. the russians have they have wanted to screw with america forever they want democracy to be divisive moose and squirrel yes <laughs> and they talk about forever yeah yeah and i mean compromat is that this is what they do so you see this and uh you see the thread of history yes. and how it's and, reflected in modern life. life and here this is the early 80s you know so um anyway it's interesting but now if you don't like that if you don't like all this spy and espionage and all of that maybe netflix if you weren't able to see steve martin and martin short when they remember they came through town with their yes. they show? did and I couldn't go to yeah. it. Neither could I, and we both we wanted to go. So they are doing that's going to be a Netflix special, an evening you will forget for the rest of your life, and it's a version of their theater show mm-hmm. that they've been touring. And this one was recorded at Greenville, South Carolina. Jokes, 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 jokes. I will be watching this. stories about people that they've met. Steve Martin with an Elvis story is quite a story, I guess, and they are. There's no, in the review, the one review that I read about this, they said the thing about these guys, Steve Martin and Martin Short, they've been around so long. They're such uh, legends yeah. and pros and whatever. They don't even have to strive to be cool. They just are. It's just in their essence <laughs> yeah. and in their being on stage. Yeah. And they have chemistry together and they, they know exactly yeah. what to do. That oh, is I, airing right now on Netflix. Yeah. Started oh, today. Yeah. Fantastic. Started today. So it's called An Evening You Will Forget for the Rest of Your Life. Um, do you like, uh, the idea of the hair musical? We know it's a natural uh, progression in the way of stage mu- musicals. The reason that they're doing this is it because it costs nothing because it costs nothing. And Jesus Christ Superstar was such a big hit for NBC this last spring. And well, that, that was that, done so well. And that's what they're hoping, hoping to, to do, do with, uh, this. with, with this yes. is that it has a little Habit bit of a rock in front edge. of a bro- an odd way, yeah. maybe like the Broadway audience. Hair, it's a rock musical. Hair is, is a little more sexy than Carrie Underwood and Lederhosen and the sound <laughs> oh, of music. That was just dreadful. Oh, that was it? really but guy, like 18 million people watched. Yeah, but that was the train wreck factor. And it was the first And it was time. the first one. Yeah. People wanted to see if it was a mess. All right. Well, Donnie, when we come back, you got to play um, Which one Good Morning Starshine. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's the one we want. Um, now, will we will we want to watch this? I feel I like the only reason I will want to watch it is because I will always support Leslie Ann Warren. Um, she was, of course, the original Cinderella when that was like on an ABC after school oh, special. Oh, the Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yes, and Cinderella. She's in her, I don't know if she's in her late 60s. We last saw her in Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. But she's going to be in a Lifetime series called American Princess. I totally support that. And she's going to play the st- snobby Upper East Side mother from hell. Perfect. It's so perfect. She's and 71. Yeah. So she's also Miss Scarlet in the movie Clue, by the way. Oh, that's in the right. Mid-80s. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, so I will we'll watch American Princess Lifetime whenever that airs. Just mm-hmm. FYI, in case you're wondering. Um, NBC, I guess, beat ABC and CBS to land uh, the interview with Andrea Costin, the Cosby accuser. Hmm. The first woman to accuse him of sexual assault in court. 
is going to break her silence because uh, she's been it's been in litigation for, if you can believe it, 13 years. Yeah, since 2005. Yeah, so it's going to air next week, and it's going to be Kate Snow Ooh. with NBC is going to do that. So, I'm interested. I, I would be too. interested in hearing what she has to say. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to watch. Mm-hmm. Just FYI, NBC. Now we've told Netflix, NBC, and FX. We have such a busy schedule. We really do. Listen, we come back. Um, Harvey Weinstein uh, was arrested and was handcuffed today. And Ronan Farrow, who no longer is affiliated with NBC, is given, you know, the scoop and talking to ABC. We'll be back. Good morning, starshine. The earth says hello. They, they're going to have to jam this, uh, pump up the jam on this song. Yeah, well, this is a, this is mellow, man. Yeah, yeah, but in the original production, it was pretty mellow song. It was. It's, yeah. Is this the radio version? This is Oliver. Yes. Who okay. Had the top. 40 Maybe I version. have to hear the chorus to love it. Some we'll more. have to okay. play Aquarius too sometime this show. Oh. Now, do you want the the I cast want, no, or the fifth dimension? I want version? the fifth dimension, and I okay. only want let the sun shine in. I yeah, want the second you. part. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Fair enough. All right. So let's move along to. That creep Harvey Weinstein. Ugh, bye, boy. Bye, boy. And <laughs> bye, his Felicia. accusers mm-hmm. are celebrating his arrest after decades of misconduct. Here's Ronan Farrow talking to Robin Roberts on Good Morning America on the latest. Whoa, still Oops, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. We're still staying groovy uh, here. We're still uh, playing the wrong thing there. Okay. Uh, here's Ronan Farrow. It was very a difficult decision for her. To f- move forward with this. Incredibly difficult, Robin, as it was for every woman who spoke to the press. But Lucia faced yet another layer of life-changing decisions because the day after that first New Yorker story that reported the first allegations of assault about Weinstein, uh, police began to try to contact her and laid out this decision to her. Do you want to spend potentially the next several years of your life being shredded on the stand as the star witness in this case? And she wrestled with that for months. I stayed in touch with her during that very difficult process. A lot of sleepless nights for her, but she ultimately said, Robin, I can't pass up a chance to help many, many other women in her view. Thinking of others, not just herself. Absolutely. Many months gotten to this point. There's no way that you could have thought, anyone could have thought it would have would have led to this. When I first began speaking to Harvey Weinstein's accusers, mm-hmm. they were correctly terrified. They feared retaliation. They feared for their physical safety. We know he was hiring all sorts of intermediaries to threaten and intimidate people. And most of all, Robin, they never believed they would be heard. And now we live in a universe in which it is conceivable that survivors speak on an issue like this about someone that powerful and they're heard. The difference, just of what you're saying right now, when when women and men come forward with these accusations, for the first time they are being heard and they are being believed and it is being looked into. With your reporting, how strong a case do you think they have here? You know, I, I can't handicap uh, a legal proceeding that is still to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, what I can say is these are very serious charges. I can say that I've been in touch with many of the law enforcement officials involved, and they moved very carefully. They spoke to many, many potential witnesses, and they believe Lucia's case is very strong, and this other woman who is involved in the charges being brought today uh, also has a very strong case in their view. They took their time to gather the, the evidence and everything to Really, a lot of work went into this. Okay, we're going to talk about the legal issues with Dan Abrams in just a moment. Big picture here. Does it change in Hollywood at all? 
I think that there is a change in the culture where women, and as you say, men as well now, can speak about this without as much fear of blacklisting and retaliation. We're seeing actresses like some of the ones that were just mentioned, like Mira Sorvino or Annabella Shura, um, you know, flourishing after coming forward and speaking about this. And that's a really positive sign. That said, I think everyone involved in a story like this would agree there is a long way to go. It's very unclear, even if there is success on the part of the prosecutors in this case, whether Harvey Weinstein will spend you know, any time behind bars, what the repercussions will be for him. Uh, and it's very unclear whether predators who still have not been brought to task in the most powerful corners of that industry um, are hearing this message fully. And of course, don't forget how many people were involved to keep this racket going. Yes. So, but I do think I, I, I heard Rose McGowan. She did, did some interviews this morning, and she did point out. She said, "Well, even the fact that Harvey got arraigned, yes, on Friday morning of a long holiday weekend, shows he's still getting some preferential treatment." Sure, that this had been negotiated. Why didn't he get arrested on Tuesday? Mm -hmm. Well, no, it's just like, you know, she said, so she did point that out, but she said she never thought she would live to see the day of him in handcuffs. Mm -hmm. And um, he, but what was weird when I was watching it, he was all smiles. Yeah, he was smug. Smug. So smug. But remember Bill Cosby when he was leaving court? I guess they, and he, and it was so weird. He walked into the precinct and, Thank you, eagle-eyed people who figure... I'm like, what are these two huge books? Pardon me, he just doesn't seem like a book guy. (laughs) Okay? And I'm like, is he expecting to sit around? And listen, the two books he's carrying, the Rodgers and Hammerstein bio, Something Wonderful. Okay? And then he also had a book on uh, Elia Kazan. Yes. The director. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whose testimony to the House Committee on Un-American Activities in 1952 exposed communists. Yeah. So he was totally giving, I guess, a secret message on these two books. Definitely. Yeah, with these two books, and he had a million. That's like the old Paris Hilton move yes. from back in two thousand five, when they would make subliminal messages to the paparazzi based on what books they were yeah. carrying. I mean, and wow. then he looked around at the crowd with a big smile and said, "Wow!" But they did. He was handcuffed. He provided the court. The bail was ten million dollars. He had to give them a million dollar check in, ca- mm-hmm. in cash. And, yes. Yeah, surrender. Well, I know, but, you know, yeah. surrendered. You're not bringing in a million dollars in a bag, Donnie. They will take a cashier's check. <laughs> Travel- I'm going to tra- wait for it to clear. Yeah, Traveler's yeah. Check. No, he brought in a big giant suitcase, suitcase. full of $10 bills. He had to surrender his passport to the court and agree to have an ankle monitoring bracelet, and he can only go to New York and Connecticut. So, so again, not the, California, not right. Arizona. He's well, because been spotted. I'm sure that he has been deemed a flight risk. I'm sure oh, yeah. because they, his next court date isn't until the end of July. That's right. And uh, he ple- he pled not guilty. He was arrested rape in the first degree, rape in the third degree and a criminal sexual act in the first degree. And um, it, it, but it just it just was like, I don't know. He just was really uh, weird. But the NYPD uh, and the commissioner, you know, they thank the witnesses. They thank, you know, they were very, um, you know. Expressing their gratitude for the cooperation for everyone. Because like Ronan Farrow said, the NYPD was taking their time gathering evidence. And obviously they found enough evidence to charge him criminally. Right. right. So anyway, but yeah, carrying these books and making sure that you Uh, can see what they were uh, and all of that. But um 
Um, and Rose McGowan, you know, she just was like, you know, I she just all said, I haven't come out of the shock of it. I really cannot, we can't believe that he has actually been arrested. Well, think of the timeline. It's been less than a year. The initial Harvey Weinstein New York Times article was published in early October of last year. Mm-hmm. So it's been only eight months. Well, just he's been doing this for well, so long. Well, he's been doing it for so long, but our public consciousness and the fact that it's been yes. happening for so long yes. and that the time it's happening and it's cascading and that eight months later, he's arrested. Yeah, well, I mean, luckily... Luckily, the state of New York uh, in 2006 signed a bill because it used to be that rape, a criminal sexual act, or aggravated sexual abuse in the first degree only had a five-year limit Mm. for statute of limitations. And so in 2006, the state of New York changed that because... Probably there was pressure and there, you know, I mean, that's kind of outrageous if yes. you think about it. Yes. And so there, that's why um, they were able to bring charges in New York for this. Uh, the, Excellent. The, mm-hmm. the woman, uh, her name is Lucia. Um, she was the one who had to decide. That's who Ronan Farrow was um, bringing up, had to decide if she would do it. Lucia Evans. And she uh, claimed that she he forced her to perform oral sex on him Mm. and the second woman worked with Weinstein when she claimed he raped her in a hotel Mm -hmm. so it was sad to hear though that you know uh when Robin said you know Lucia is going to have to be very very brave because as she said Uh, they're going to throw her under the bus and try and prove that none of this was Harvey's fault you know the typical cross-examination in court I I don't know I don't think that that is going to that but that's what his lawyers are paid to do I know that's what they've all that's always what has been his his attorney Harvey Weinstein's attorney I think said today that Harvey Weinstein didn't invent the casting couch yeah Right. Basically right, saying already, that Harvey right. Weinstein is but one of uh, a legacy yeah. of many men who have but done this not, kind of practice. We're not going backwards. No, you we're can't not. put the no, genie in the bottle. You can't. Rose McGowan um, told, uh, uh, she said, yes, I'll be, if he goes to trial, I will be there. Of course she will. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. You and can. And this, I, I think... M- it's symbolic of moving forward, seeing Harvey Weinstein yeah. in handcuffs, mm-hmm. in being, now he's going, potentially being prosecuted for this. Yeah. So it is a move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, $10 million bail. That's yeah. huge. That That's is huge. huge. That yeah. is huge. They have a lot of evidence. You're right. Is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So they're feeling good. Way to go, NYPD Blue. Yes. And, and, and NYPD, <laughs> not NYPD Blue. That's good go, job. Go David Caruso. Go David Caruso. Yeah. What happened to you, man? Oh. All right. Listen, we'll be back.